0: Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show?
1: (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast, where a movie review podcast comes your way every week. We hope you'll uh, do us a favor. Go on over to wherever you found us and give us a like, a star rating or review, because all of that stuff helps us get found by other folks like you, and you can help us become the fastest-growing movie review podcast on the internet. as far as we know, because we're saying that's true, it could actually be true.
0: Uh, who knows what's happening now with all this going
1: on? <laughs> right. If you're discovering new podcasts, we, thank you for listening to us. We
0: could be the only podcast left.
1: That's right. You know, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> and in the future, when they dig everything up, I mean, just in case, we may as well, you know, yep. approach it that way. Uh, these are the internet radio superstars sean holly michaela and i'm colin and tonight uh we well but i say we choose the movies round robin uh, that's how we figure out what we're gonna watch each week and tonight whose turn was it to pick a movie colin yes colin,
0: sean uh, what did you pick tonight
1: uh to celebrate uh i chose i went uh, back in the archive celebrating. well yeah i get to celebrate that i get to pick a movie and subject you all to it. Tonight we watched <laughs> a movie. It. That's
0: it. That's your bar of
1: celebration. <laughs> <laughs> it only comes around once a month. You got to give this to okay. me. Um, you
2: know, I feel, like, I feel like right now our entire world is celebrating every fucking thing we can. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is the I highlight of our like week.
3: The time between picks is very long sometimes.
1: Yeah. 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 Especially now when time has no meaning. Uh, so no. Uh, tonight we watched the movie that was called... The Curse of the Werewolf. And that comes at us from the year 1961. Directed by? Uh, Terrence Fisher. But more importantly,
0: produced by?
1: Uh, Hammer Films. There we go. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, like... uh, I know we've been doing a lot of Canon films. It seems like we end up like in these, there's like these uh, companies that have produced films that uh, become kind of iconic beyond, you know, the movies that they did. Uh, yeah. hammer films is like one of those for horror, uh, because in the fifties and sixties and seventies, they produced a whole bunch of, uh, of horror films that included, uh, I think they did eight. Well, they did, uh, it, they started off, uh, is this too much information? You want to know this stuff about Hammer Films? Yeah, they uh, they started off, and uh, it was an older no, company. Shut though. up, Colin! <laughs> Jesus, this is the deep dive. This Let's is where Colin goes nothing. crazy talking about Hammer. I love Hammer films. Uh, these these guys. You
0: no, know, I love I love I love Hammer too. I was going to wait to mention it, but as far as like these monsters go, like Dracula, uh, the Wolfman, or werewolves, and, and Frankenstein's and shit like that, I like the Hammer movies more than I like the Universal versions. Really. Yes, I do. Why?
2: For for all of them?
0: For uh, uh probably I'm gonna say all of like them. It's a whole? Of... Oh yeah, I love I love Hammer more than
1: the Universal Monsters. That's okay, a so big, when I said a why
3: statement.
1: Yeah, I'm not disagreeing That's... with you, but I just gotta we gotta find out. We gotta mine this one. Okay, so yeah, what what's what's going on there?
0: Uh um, well I I think it's um uh I mean I've seen more Hammer movies than universal movies. I'll give you that. But the hammer monsters, first of all, um, the, the the effects, it's usually a lot gorier or more gory than the old stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just kind of like the territory they cover. I love um, Cushing's uh, Frankenstein. I think he's great in that role. And He plays he the like, doctor,
1: <laughs> not the monster, but just yeah. in case you're one of not those the people who's the <laughs> Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein is the doctor, not the monster.
0: Yes, not the monster. Uh, I love him doing that role over like six
1: movies, something like that. Uh, he did that. Uh, se- I think it was, se- well, there were, there were seven movies in the in the series. I think he sits out horror Frankenstein. He's not in that yeah. one.
0: Yeah. There's one he's not in. That's the one um, with David love-
1: Prowse, who played Darth Vader as the monster. Yes. Yeah. Have
3: you seen that uh, guy's Darth Vader documentary?
1: No. It's no. so bad.
3: Don't watch it. It's all about oh, him, like no. being bitter that he didn't get the credit for being Darth Vader.
1: Oh, it all went to James Earl Jones. <laughs>
3: yes, and he's very upset about it.
1: Yeah, David Prowza, I think and, is his name.
3: Yes, Sorry, and then he like went on a whole tirade about how like if he had known that the line was going to be "No, I am your father," he would have acted it differently. It's like you just held up your hand, dude. Like there's not a lot of acting to be done. We can't even see your face. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I right? can't move around and do much with that costume. Yeah. The
3: documentary is like I'm your father or something like that. It has a very <laughs> weird title, but if you want to like hate watch something that you're just like, "Really, dude?"
0: out. I might it want out. to hate watch that. That sounds like a good hate watch.
1: I like that everybody has documentaries about them now, even uh I mean everybody. Kane Hodder's got one, you know. It's like they yep, got Tom Savini. Yeah. Um Oh yeah. But yeah, uh, Hammer so I mean basically that was the thing. There there were stock company company company? Company. Yeah, okay. There was stock company out of, uh, of England. Word? Well stock company like a theater company and a movie yeah, company. Yeah. So a stock company company. That, that worked out of uh, England They were founded in 1934 But uh, they were taken over By two guys, uh, James Carreras And Anthony Hines in 1946 Right. So this is basically when the era Of what we know as Hammer Started And uh, they hit pay dirt Well first of all they did the, uh, the Quatermass experiment I think it was a, a big box office hit uh, One of the stars of that Is actually in tonight's movie Curse of the Werewolf He played the beggar He uh, Hammer made him famous as the he was the guy who came back from space and had the, you know, the space goo on him in Quatermass experiment space. goo. But uh, somewhere in I think it was 1957, they got the idea that they could um, remake because all the universal horror movies had been sold to television and they were uh, running in shock theater and on reruns, and so kids were able to see them in the 50s, you know, like on late-night TV. And so Hammer got the idea that, hey, we can actually go, these are public domain characters, we can go and make uh, new versions in color. They started off with The Curse of Frankenstein. It became a huge hit, and I think, like Sean said, the uh, appeal of it was because it's in color, now it can be more graphic. You can actually have, like, uh, you know, some bloody violence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the labs, I mean, come on, the labs look much cooler with all the lights and everything going on in there.
1: And Peter Cushing's just an actual, I mean, he's a total, I mean, like, you know him as Grand Moff Tarkin, but he is a total dick as as Dr. Frankenstein in these movies. <laughs> That's what so, I love about it, him.
0: He, he, like, does not give a shit. He's like, my creation is the thing. I don't care who I have to go through. This is it. This is what I live for. And it,
3: I think it's, I prefer right? the atmosphere and the score to a universal monster movie and hammer
1: well the universals they have that great you know uh, you know they're with the big painted backdrops and you know like over-
3: everywhere yeah oh yeah yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah 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 Yeah. i don't know that's why you know i don't know who i would i think
0: oh, i like the dark the the, the dirty castles
1: of the
3: There's always the a dirty castle a dirty basement <laughs> every single one
1: yep. in the hammer ones you're saying yes.
3: yeah yeah Always you never get like, to go outside just, in a hammer movie
0: it's a, well it's a dirty village <laughs> mentality in there and that always uh, I think is cool
1: <laughs> they have problems with the aristocracy like, in uh, in England yeah you know,
3: this is a movie about a werewolf that doesn't have any sort of like nature or countryside or any sort of forest or anything like that really it all mm-hmm. really takes place within like the con- confines of a fortress or a city and mm-hmm. some
1: dirt mounds yeah, I, well, ironically, this movie was based on, the, uh, on, a, on a novel that was called Werewolf of, of Paris. This was written in 1933 by a guy named Guy Endor, and uh, apparently it's like a kind of it weaves in a bunch of historical stuff about the uh, Franco-Prussian War or whatever. Um, oh, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I mean, apparently it's called, it's <laughs> considered like the werewolf novel, right? Okay, so uh, I haven't read it um but uh, the guy endor who wrote it um he actually worked in the movies uh he wrote um mark of the vampire that starred uh bella lugosi but that was uh for mgm and not universal at that time that was 1935 he also wrote the peter laurie movie mad love um and then he was on the communist blacklist for a while but um The the reason that this movie, so the the Curse of the Werewolf takes place in Spain, even though it's based on a book that's set in Paris, because Hammer had built sets for a movie that was supposed to be called uh, The Rape of Sabine, which is a story about the uh, rape of the Sabine women in in Rome in like the eighth century B.C. But um,
0: They, they decided not to film this. Right.
1: Well, it was they. For some, so this is how I don't get it. The, that's the title, but the actual movie they were trying to make was about the Spanish Inquisition. But that was the title of it. to at that. And the apparently the British Board of Censors got a hold of the script and said this was just you know, well they went after Hammer like every time they tried to do anything they were like tone this down tone this down take this out I mean we we're living in very conservative times in Britain in 1961 when this was made and so they couldn't make that movie so instead of destroying the sets they're like well, well let's just rewrite. A curse of the Werewolf to take place in Spain. <laughs> so bam, there you go, so, Spanish village. So
0: the, <laughs> the book is in Paris. They made it look like it in Spain, and they filled it with British actors.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Makes sense. What's all this then? I love it. <laughs> What's all this? The Spanish hello, countryside. Hello. You know, I actually... Like you, but I like when he has
2: the señor at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: like, hello, hello
2: señor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect.
0: You know, but
1: (laughs) actually, Michaela was saying that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, of, like forests and stuff like that. That's where, you know, Hammer or no, it's universal excels. You know, they have the foggy woods and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, Going back, um, the Wolfman 1941, the Lon Chaney one doesn't actually have like uh, a a full moon shot the entire movie. Hmm. As far as I know. This I will have to confirm again. But as I was doing my research, I'm like, and then I'm like, did I just imagine that ahead? Because I think there is in like Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, the second one. You know, you see the, the full moon out the window and it turns them into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many fog forests,
3: though. Who cares, you know?
1: <laughs> but Spain is known for its mountains. No, I don't know. It's a hilly. But uh, You paster. wouldn't know it by this movie. <laughs> no. It's
0: <laughs> um, a dirt pile.
1: Did you know, uh, I mean, the other thing, that uh, I don't know, Hammer, when they were, uh, you know, when I was saying stock company, there, there's a bunch of characters or actors that they would reuse over and over again. Obviously, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee made, uh, I think, eight Dracula movies for them. But all of these, like, little incidental characters that you see or people that you see in the background... Uh, you begin to recognize as you watch these movies because, like, they keep showing up. And uh, one of the Hammer um, hallmarks is a guy named Michael Ripper. And he was, uh, he played a character here called Old Soak, who was the town drunk in the green uh, vest or whatever. And he was in a total of, I think, 35 Hammer movies in his career. I mean, obviously, he did stuff beyond that, too, but 35 of them. Right. So when when you think when you watch a Hammer movie, you will most likely be seeing Michael Ripper in there. We've done I think three Hammer movies on this podcast. We did Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. We did uh, Quatermass in the Pit, and this one is that it. Sean, am I right on that?
0: Uh, I think so. I don't think we've done any Frankenstein or anything like that.
1: Yeah, because we haven't done it. Wasn't oh, no, there we, a
3: Dracula movie we did?
1: You are correct. We did Dracula AD nineteen seventy two. And guess what? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna
0: say, yeah.
1: Michael Ripper is not in any of those. So we have not put oh, him on it. the Wall of Fame. <laughs> 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 Shit, that's
0: how we are gonna put him on a wall.
1: Unfortunately not. That's what I was trying to yeah, we building to it, but not no. his night. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Curse of the Werewolf uh stars Oliver Reed. How familiar are you guys with Oliver Reed? Not at all. Yeah, this
0: movie. (laughs) No, not really. I know the name, but I I don't. I don't know if I'm familiar with his stuff. I'm sure I've seen him in things, but nothing comes to mind.
1: Well, he was at one point um, England's biggest box or biggest star. He was uh, at one point considered for the role of James Bond. I think at that for would that be Her Majesty's Secret Service? When Sean Connery quit, he was in the running with a couple other people. You know, Um, I can see that. This was not his first role, but it was, like, for his first, I think, leading role. And also, at the end of his uh, life, he said that, you know, when I heard an interviewer ask him, you know, like, uh, what 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 movie do you think you're going to be remembered for? And he's like, Curse of the Werewolf, which is kind of, you mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, it, it, it's cool that he thought so fondly of the movie after he became, like, this huge star. Uh, he was in... Um, Let's see, what would you guys know him from? Well, the horror audience is going to know him from either uh, David Cronenberg's The Brood or uh, Burnt Offerings, which he was in with Karen Black. But uh, you may have seen him in The Three Musketeers or the the movie musical Tommy, the, the Who uh, movie. He was famously in a couple of Ken Russell movies. Ken Russell's the guy who made uh, a movie that we've talked about on this show but haven't actually watched called Lair of the White Worm and Altered States uh, but oh, yeah, yeah. he made a movie called The Devils which was uh, banned by the Catholic Church and you still can't see it to this day it briefly showed up on Shutter a couple years ago for like a month uh, I don't think you can rent it uh, as the Catholic Church has banned the movie but it's got uh, cur- <laughs> well, now uh, I want to
3: watch it I, I yeah, have a uh, I have, well wait no it's probably nothing
1: <laughs> uh,
0: probably. It, it's kind I mean, of extreme have they seen- William Shatner get possessed by demons I mean come on if you're gonna if you're gonna ban something
1: in the devil's reign um but he was uh he was in um uh what was the the well I said the devil's Tommy that was Ken Russell and uh Women in Love where he had a famous scene apparently where he uh naked wrestles with Alan Bates in front of a fireplace that became like a big hullabaloo in 1969 uh, and later he was in uh, nice. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. He was in Stuart Gordon's The Pit and the Pendulum. And he was in Gladiator in 2000 with Russell Crowe, uh, which was his last movie. his favorite movie. He died during the making of the film.
0: Oh, so he, okay, he's the one who died oh, during the making. Okay, yeah. that I know. Until you mentioned Gladiator, yeah, yeah. I was like, I have seen none of those movies.
1: Yeah. He, he was Proximo. He was the Gladiator trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, to yeah. Like CG add him in some parts and use a stand in.
1: Yeah. But even still, he won a, uh, what was it, the BAFTA, I think, for best supporting actor for that role. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, oh, there Oliver go. Reed and I his... forget
3: the listeners haven't heard your uh, after recording rants about how much you hate Gladiator Colin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back and watch that movie. You <laughs> see totally it i up. up.
2: I still stand by it. I love that movie, and I don't care what anyone says. (laughs) It's Colin's go-to example of the Oscars are bullshit. Yeah, it
1: is. It was the yeah the year the well okay so I don't well maybe I rephrase it wrong. Let me take it back. I don't hate the movie. It just that was like uh, yeah. Yeah, What was it up against
0: that year? (laughs) Like it shouldn't have been that movie.
3: We've had this exact
0: discussion off mic so many times. Many times. Yeah, times.
1: Um. Well, he was uh, famously, I think, in, in addition to being an actor, right? Oliver Reed was one of these guys who was known as a like maybe one of the the all time legendary uh, blackout drunk booze men, right? There is incidental or uh, anecdotal evidence, which are uh, anecdote, uh, you know, people t- say that there was a story that uh, he and thirty six drinking buddies. Uh, consumed 60 gallons of beer, 32 bottles of scotch, 17 bottles of gin, four crates of wine, and a bottle of Baby Champ in one evening.
0: Wow. Baby Champ made from real baby?
1: I don't actually know what that is, and I'm probably saying it I wrong. Like it's it. Probably
3: Andre the Giant's drinking buddy? Yeah. I know. I was just going to say
0: <laughs> yeah. that.
3: Like, that's like the only story I've ever heard about Andre the Giant consistently is how much he would drink. Yeah.
0: Oh well, yeah, just look how he, he holds a beer with his two fingers. I'm sure he drank a lot.
1: <laughs> well, that's actually what killed Oliver Reed, apparently, uh, during the, the during the filming of Gladiator. I don't know if he had been sober for a while. I mean, this is a guy who, like, went on Johnny Carson and David Letterman, like, drunk where david letterman actually but ha- had to cut away from him at one point because he was getting mad being asked about his drinking while he was drunk on on the show um but apparently during the filming of the movie this is what i've heard you know just uh from the internet that he was sober uh but he went to an irish bar which is probably a bad bad move if you're an alcoholic and uh somebody challenged him I think they were. uh, I think they said it was sailors on shore leave. Challenged him to a drinking contest, and Mm. witnesses said he drank eight pints of German lager, a dozen shots of rum, half a bottle of whiskey, and a few shots of Hennessy. uh, And did arm wrestling, and uh, killed over and died at the age of (laughs) sixty-one. Jesus!
2: (laughs) What a way to go, man! (laughs) I I had no idea. That that is a
0: way to go. I had no idea either.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm sorry, but Holy that's, shit. that's I, I mean, that's clear alcohol abuse and it's not a joking matter but that's a fucking right. way to go
1: <laughs> I know, that, that, that catapults you into some kind of stratosphere <laughs> of something uh, and Christian so you
3: like sailors with manslaughter then like
1: well, it was pushing a famous attack.
3: alcoholic to a drinking contest
1: yeah, right? You got, you're making your own decisions <laughs> at that point
3: <sighs>
1: yeah wow well, the last bit on Oliver Reed, I guess uh, the only thing I got, uh, Christopher Lee uh, was interviewed in 2014, and he said about Oliver Reed, he said when he started uh, drinking, after drink number eight, he became a complete monster, and it was awful to see. So, I mean, it sounds I like I think
3: he, you can say that about most people. Uh, yeah. Hey,
1: what? Like, eight drinks a is a lot. <laughs> well, speaking of turning into a monster... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, all right.
0: Show me the piece of paper this segue was written down on.
1: No, that one, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was
0: too I can, good.
1: I come up with one every once in a while. It's like once a year <laughs> or something like that. Uh, okay. So, Curse of the Werewolf is a movie that starts off somewhere in uh, Spain 200 years ago. And um, it doesn't have a pretty good um, opinion of the. Um, there's like an authority. Anti-authority bias going on through a lot of this movie. Uh, we meet a, a traveling beggar who goes to visit. Is it a marquee or marquise? How do you say? A They say marquise. Is it because they're yeah. British? Are we saying Marquis like the Marquis, Right. Marquise? She's the marquess. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: marquess.
1: Yes. Well, this uh, beggar ends up. Arriving there um, during the, the, the town is basically shut down because there's a, a wedding going on. The Marquis is getting married, right? Mm-hmm. And he stumbles in and uh, and comes under. Oh, he's greeted at the door by uh, Desmond L- Llewellyn, who we'll all recognizes Q from the James Bond mo- <laughs> movies, right? Um, and uh, he, well, I mean, well, he ends up. They end up making uh, fun of this guy. Right. Who's just kind of yeah, there he, trying to get the, some food. The,
0: right. The dude's a dick. Like the, the guy that the Marquesa has married is a, uh, is an asshole. And so he's making fun of the beggar um, and he makes him dance for his drink and food and they make fun of him
1: and they get him super drunk and, then, and they buy him. That's right. As a pet, because he is yes. no more than an animal. Another theme is going to run throughout the movie and plays into uh, where we're going. But, um, the uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. It's like all these guys in the white wigs and all that are just like laughing at every single person's misfortune. I think that's just an indictment of like, uh, just are we saying authority at that time or just you know, I don't know,
0: rich people, not not necessarily authority, but rich people.
1: Okay, uh, they end up uh, throwing this guy in the dungeon of the castle uh, where he's just. This is back in the day when. They would just throw you in the dungeon and forget you were right. there. <laughs>
0: yeah, they don't check their
1: dungeons. <laughs> we check the dungeons lately. He does have a friend, though. Who's his friend? Uh, the little uh, that girl.
2: little the little servant girl?
1: Yeah. Yes. Who's a mute. She comes to see him every day and gives him food, I think, with her father. And then mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, one day, she gets moved. Uh, she Well, she grows up to be an adult. And what happens to this guy? What's going on with him down in the dungeon all by himself?
0: I mean, he's kind of turning into a werewolf on his own. He gets very hairy. Like, I've never seen, like, arm hair grow like that before.
1: Is this just to establish, I mean, they're they trying to play up the idea of, like, the whole animalistic thing, right? That,
0: yes. Oh, yeah, indeed.
1: And uh, because he's become bestial, right? He doesn't even really talk anymore. I mean, he's been down there for, I don't know how many years, 10 years, something like that. Um, she gets moved out of the dungeon, becomes a servant girl to the marquis. who, uh, what happened to his wife? She died like
0: of, uh, what'd they say? Um,
2: I missed that when she, like,
0: I... it was, it was in voiceover. It's like he drove her because of the way his ways he drove her to an early death. And most of his friends all went away and died and all that stuff. So he was left oh, alone in his castle.
1: Shit. Oh shit. You know what she, that implies
0: to, to, to scab over.
2: She died because he was a dick.
1: I think Basically, she yes. died because of his okay. dick. I think he had a case of syphilis, <laughs> right? Because that's what's implied there. Because I didn't actually I catch that. Well, he had bro, he had these sores all over his face and all that. And he's trying to, you know, uh, puncture the pimples or squeeze the pimples. Okay.
2: Yeah, I totally missed like why he looked like that, and I, yeah, I totally no, all missed. All I that. heard
0: was the voiceover guy say it drove her to an early death, but. If we okay. want to go that direction
1: works for me right sensors at the time <laughs> he, wouldn't let that go in the grave we're reading between the lines here. <laughs>
2: yeah oh okay um, i don't know why for me to read between they left right. a lot
1: out yeah well probably because back then you know you did have the sensor board like coming down on you and taking a bunch of stuff out i'm surprised in some ways what this movie gets away with because uh because I was too, yeah for 1961, because, uh, well, there was a, a something at the very end we got to talk about when we get there. But uh, she gets, um, she displeases the Marquis, basically, because he comes on to her, this scabby old dude. And so he throws her in the dungeon Oops. with the, um, the beggar, who's now mm-hmm. completely bestial. And uh, it's a really, that scene is, it's kind of like. It's scary and touching at the same time because, you know, it's like this is supposedly like they have a friendship. The movie is established,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, but once she's but he, on the... But he's so far gone.
1: Well, when he, he approaches her, her, you know, there's like this this look in his eye like he's, he's looking at her like she's supposed to react in some way and she just, is just like horrified because she realizes what position she's in. And then he Mm -hmm. changes, you know, there's like, he is gone. There's not much left of the the man there anymore. It's the beast. And she, he rapes her. We don't see this because it's Mm -hmm. 1960s, but I am surprised that what they do show, which is her, like the after effect of the, of the rape, where she has like some blood on her, uh, on her chest, which is like probably, you know, scandalous for 1961. Mm -hmm. Probably. Um, yeah. This sets up when this movie was heavily censored when it came out the in, the, six, in the UK. Or,
0: well, I'll say, and this, and it was so good for him that he just died. Did she? Did she
1: kill him? Do you think?
0: I don't know. I mean, he's dead.
1: Yeah, because it's he's like
0: in a corner, and he's dead. So I'm assuming,
1: and we assume that's the next morning. So maybe she was able to somehow fend him off in some way and and, and kill him. I don't know. Maybe people have uh, a way of conveniently dying when they're not needed in the plot anymore in this movie. <laughs> yes, this is true. So, uh, the woman escapes and kills the marquee. And then, all right. She heads off into the countryside where I don't know if she's trying to commit suicide or something. And she's found by, um, Don Alfredo. I'm not sure of his last name, but the, uh, our hero character, right? This is Clifford Evans. who mm-hmm. was also in hammers, uh, kiss of the vampire. Is it Lorito? Maybe I can't remember. We just watched it. I'm sorry, uh, fans of the movie, if we're butchering this. Yeah. (laughs) Looking it up. Okay, so then this is. I didn't
2: really catch anyone's name, so.
1: Oh, I think it's Corito. Like
0: his name is Leon Corito.
1: Okay, there you go. Well, this is this is his dad. This is uh, uh, Don Don Alfonso, Corito. So, what do we know about this guy? This is the guy who saves her life.
0: Uh, he looks like um, um. What'd you say, Howie? He
2: look, Oh, he looks like Robert Goulet.
0: <laughs> yeah, Robert Goulet. <laughs> yes, he
1: does. Across between Robert Goulet and Burt Reynolds, maybe or something like that. Yeah, a I little bit. Go, yeah. <laughs> well, he ends up taking her in. He's not married to the woman of the house. Uh, I That's thought th- his servant. Yeah, I thought they were married.
2: That was that wasn't his wife.
1: It. No, no. it's his servant. Yeah,
0: because later yeah, on... He calls he calls him father and her aunt.
1: Yeah, because oh, at some point later, he, he said, my servant, Teresa, will. you know, I need to get her here for something and during the climax. And they're right. like, what? That wasn't his wife? Which no, I suppose would weird. explain why they don't have a kid of their own. I don't know what happened to his wife. Oh. Well, he takes little Leon in. Uh, or sorry, he takes in the, the woman, uh, the, the mute yes. uh, servant girl, and she's pregnant. And so she uh, gives birth on Christmas Day to an unwanted uh, baby named Leon. This uh, is apparently the second thing, you know, of the uh, the curse, right? This whole thing's just going bad. These, uh, this kid's got no hope. <laughs> um, no. So much so that uh, when they take him to be baptized, uh, the, the, uh, the holy water bubbles. Uh, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, this is like sign after sign. These people should probably get rid of this
1: kid. But they're determined to love him because I think this is the thing that the priest explains uh, after there are several. Oh, yeah. And the, the servant girl, she she dies uh, after childbirth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right after. She's very happy. Yeah. And then she has a little stomach bug and then she's dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As you do.
0: Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's it.
1: So they, they lay in right here the central uh, struggle of the movie, right, between the good and the evil, the light and the dark and whatever. The priest is basically saying that uh, this is – is this a twist on werewolf mythology a little bit? Um, basically, the kid was born with the curse. Yes.
0: Right. How does the That's priest explain held this? Held and checked or cured.
1: Yeah, but tell me, how does – uh what's uh, what does the priest – like how uh, – how did the kid become a werewolf? Uh, it says there's
2: a
0: spirit.
1: Like, he's inhabited.
0: Sometimes a spirit finds a body that the soul is weak, and so they have an f- internal fight. And that's, he's describing the boy, is like, his soul is weak. So the spirit is able to get in there, and that's the fight he has between being human and turning into a werewolf every full moon.
1: That's do you, the short version. How of it. do you keep this at bay? Love, Colin because <laughs> love, I guess, is supposed to, that encourages the human the human heart, right? Love and kindness right. and all this, whereas uh, vice, lust, and, uh, you know, all the seven deadly sins basically bring you closer to the animalistic side. If you indulge one, then you will become a werewolf during the full moon. This is interesting because most of these movies, you know, uh, hinge upon the idea of somebody is bitten by a uh, wolf and then becomes uh, a werewolf. Um, right. I don't know if I can think of another one off he- offhand where somebody's just born with it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. This and
3: then at really- the end of the movie, you find out there's two of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I'm-
3: it always goes. There's only two.
1: Yeah, we're not saying in this one, but that's it, the way that uh, storytelling is going now.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is the only one that doesn't follow those rules. No one's bitten by a werewolf, and there's not a surprise second one.
1: <laughs> In some ways, well, think, we barely uh,
0: got a first one.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, this movie
2: couldn't afford. Two. Sorry, what? Although one, well, I said this movie couldn't afford two werewolves.
1: Uh, this is also oh, no,
2: but someone, someone was bitten by one. A couple people were bitten,
1: but not to become right a werewolf. That's
2: how it was passed. Well, yeah, I know, but we did get the bite.
1: Because <laughs> that's what well, we wonder. Like, if he would have bitten someone, could he have turned somebody into a werewolf? I wonder. I don't know. I mean, the, the mythology here doesn't explicitly say one way or the other there is no one no, who survives More an attack. Spiritual
0: than than viral
1: yeah he's just born with something wild within and we get to see little leon apparently you know the the middle section of the movie is basically the parents coming to this realization the parents the, the adopted family coming to the realization that the um there's goats being slaughtered out in the pasture They think there's a wolf doing it, and eventually, I think a hunter actually does take a um, shot at the wolf. And and, you know, little Leon wakes up with a a bullet in his arm. How did he get this? I (laughs) wonder. (laughs) Good shot, Pepe. Yeah, Pepe with his bullets out there. Pepe becomes a subject of ridicule. There's a whole drama that takes place within the village because Pepe and his his wife's trying to defend his honor because he apparently uh, missed the wolf. Uh, that's killing the um all the livestock um so then pepe makes the silver bullet because he knows that there's a werewolf out there right because that's the talk so the, that's going yeah, on there's also, town.
0: right there's a drunk in the bar who's just like i there's, i know what's wrong but i shall not speak of it
1: that's michael ripper that was michael ripper right there that's the oh, hammer right, guy yes yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's the drunk yeah they're always
0: just like, give me another drink and I'll tell you more. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: <laughs> it's like, you son of a bitch. Just stick yeah, around. That's why you don't pay in advance. That's why you got to make and get the information first, then pay with the drink. Um, uh, well, the little kid who plays uh, young Oliver Reed, I thought that kid looked just like little Oliver Reed. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he does. He's creepy.
3: His like, piercing blue eyes are really unsettling.
1: Yeah, both of them or just the kid?
3: The
2: kid.
1: He's also like especially. a little uh, like Ralphie, I thought. He had that kind of face like Ralphie from Christmas Story. A
2: little bit, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. And, he, and he talks in that innocent
0: way, but the things he's saying, it's like, I, dreamt, I was drinking blood. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I dreamt on a wolf. I was drinking blood. It scared me, father. Please help me. Yeah, well, Dad comes up on that idea. We're going to put bars on the windows. I always wonder about this because, like, that basically traps. If he does turn into a werewolf, then he's going to be in the house with you. But at least I suppose yeah. you're keeping him from going out into the world where he's going to be shot by the world, you're protecting him from going out into the world. Um, I have a
3: question about this scene. Okay. So when he's up on the when the kid is up on the bars of the window and he's, like, shaking them trying to get out and he has, like, the little fangs popping out, Mm-hmm. And then they pull him away from the window and set him down in bed. And he like goes back to normal. Yeah. What the fuck's that all about?
1: I think that's the, mm-hmm. uh, the parental familial love because they're stroking his forehead and all that. It's like, oh, oh, he feels, you know, cause it basically wakes him up from the nightmare of, uh, of being the, the animal is subverted by the human, uh, side of him comes back through.
2: It's, it's like in the Avengers when Hulk gets the lullaby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly that's exactly. Exactly like,
2: what it's like. It's such a lame way to like
3: s- subdue something like a werewolf, you know.
0: I w- I want a new werewolf movie made soon, where somebody's like, "Wait, I saw a movie once, and they just try and hug the werewolf." <laughs> <and> <laughs> it in half. Yeah, it sounds like that something would that great. would
3: happen in What We Do in the Shadows. It uh, does.
2: It
0: really uh, does. Yes. Yeah, saw a movie once.
1: Hold on. That's gotta they gotta do that at some point. This movie, ironically I forgot to, to mention, for all uh horror fans out there who haven't seen it, you have heard of it before because you saw American Werewolf in London. And in American Werewolf in London, David asks Alex, uh, Did you ever see the Wolf Man? And she says, The one with Oliver Reed? And he's like, No, the old one. Well, she's talking about this movie. So there you go. Bam. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um uh so little little Leon doesn't actually go full wolf. Uh we see the fangs and he does look kind of creepy <laughs> hanging onto the bars there. Uh but love conquers <laughs> the monster. Never go full wolf. Never go full wolf. Is that a, what we do in <laughs> the shadows? Oh right. It's a different word. Yeah. Yeah,
2: different word. <laughs> uh
1: so they uh then we jump ahead and this settles into our third uh section of the movie. Um, We're full-grown adult. Uh, Oliver Reed is uh, setting out to leave his parents' uh, uh, fortress, house, mansion, villa. To uh, villa, is it a villa? That's like Italian. What? What is it? If it's Spanish,
2: Spanish villa too.
1: Okay, uh, and he's going to strike out on his own and find they just his call own. Call it a via. <laughs> the via.
0: Dumb Spanish joke.
1: Well, this is going to, okay, so what we have to do here, right, is like now that he's leaving the familial bonds, right, that can can contain the beast, he's going to go out into the world and either he's going to indulge one uh, instinct or the other. So we have to set up, uh, uh, he's got to fall in love with a pretty girl. So who is this and how does he meet her? Who,
0: uh, what does he do? Uh, Fernando? Is
1: that is that their names? The family uh, that, which one? Because one, he goes to work at a vineyard.
0: First of all, I love I love the way that he just kind of stumbles into town, <laughs> and the guy walks in, he's like, you look strong, come with me.
1: I have a job. You, for you'll sure.
0: work here, and you'll sleep here, and this is what you'll earn. It's just like, we just met 30 seconds ago, but okay.
1: It's amazing how easy it was back in the olden days I to-, to
0: find a job, just like, <laughs> you can do this. Are you a complete idiot? No, work for me.
1: Yeah. And he meets his uh, buddy down in the cellars. Uh, these guys are going to become fast friends. This is the friend who probably indulges a little too much in the product that they're making. This is Jose. Yeah. Jose's a character. He
0: looks like British Jason Siegel, as far as I'm
2: concerned. <laughs> he did. He really did.
1: But he meets this girl. Uh, it's the winemaker's daughter. But she of is engaged. Of it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> the winemaker's daughter. There's There's sonnets written about this kind of thing. Um, Uh, (laughs) and but she's betrothed to another guy apparently a wealthy uh, family somewhere in the town now this i didn't catch until this viewing and i've seen this movie before right because i've always thought that like my god uh oliver reed and this woman fall in love like immediately right yes but this time around I caught it that it, it's at least been 3 days because they're, they're you see her riding back with the uh, the other guy and apparently they were gambling somewhere at a town nearby and he just had to lose cuz she had to come home cuz she has a headache she's had a headache for 3 days I'm like oh cuz she's coming back every night so she can see Oliver Reed <laughs> bam uh-huh. yeah
0: right yeah because that. it does it does happen quick I'm like did okay they must have been doing this for a while cuz she Goes around the side and then runs into his arms and it's just like, oh, okay, they're at this already. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, and this is like, so, you yeah. know,
1: you should marry me, Christine. You know, Oliver Reed's very uh, intense. He's one of those intense actors, a
0: very passionate fellow. Yes,
1: yeah, especially when he's uh, screaming,
0: "Get away, get away!" Yeah. yes, I would believe that was his real sweat.
1: <laughs> right out the movie, yeah, and he kind of looks like a werewolf uh, even before. He does. I
2: thought. I thought you were gonna say, "Kind of looks like a guy that would be sweaty." Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, yeah,
1: sweaty werewolf. <laughs> yeah, he's he's hiding something within himself. Of course, now you know knowing what we know about Oliver Reed, they were right all along. So this was like spot on casting. Um, Jose takes um, Oliver, his character's name now, Leon takes Leon to yes. a brothel. Right, this is where the movie uh, changes its course and lays in like where we're heading toward the end. Um, at the brothel, he's they're entertaining a couple ladies of the evening, and I think the uh, because he's in a in a situation of vice, uh, the beast it's on a full moon, and so he uh, accompanies a prostitute up to her room, and then turns into a werewolf and kills her. Michaela is very disappointed by this moment in the film
3: yeah because there's no transformation scene and it feels like you're gonna get it and then it monster squad did a better like take on this than this movie
1: that's interesting now, yeah, you there say was monster no squad, money behind the transformation yeah yeah well I think that's a because the only thing you could do you know I mean this is obviously long before the air bladder technology that you could use and like uh, that's why american werewolf won an oscar why the howling in 81 you know they were so revolutionary because before that i mean hell i saw werewolf movies in like the late 70s that were still employing the lap dissolve technique of you know you lock your actor in place and you put some extra hair on him and shoot a little bit more and put some extra hair on him and that kind of stuff i mean so they were doing that from right. the 40s to that's the 70s. something
3: <laughs> you know I, like in Monster Squad when Dracula turns from like the bat into Dracula like the way they it's three shots it's like the bat like his hand and then like a full shot of him like transformed it's beautiful and that costs no money like they could have done something just you know cut to you know, show his hand cut to a wolf hand and then cut to like a wide body of him in the makeup you know I don't have to see everything change
1: yeah, unfortunately, they, they, there's no transformation. It's a shock that, you know, all of a sudden the, the furry wolf hand comes in. That's all you get to see, furry wolf hand yeah, strangling people. You do actually see, uh, which, you know, again, for the time, I think the, the, the prostitute dead on the bed with the blood all over. I mean, like, that didn't look like that usual bright red paint that they use in those movies. I mean, that looked more like, you know. Uh, it looked a little darker, yeah. Yeah, like movie blood. And I was like, wow, that's pretty gory looking for, for that. Especially if we're saying, you know, now it's like, well, you're doing these things in color for the first time. Um, Right. He also, he kills his, uh, the friend, uh, Jose. Jose meets his uh, 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 untimely end. Uh, We do get to see the werewolf in shadow. He's picking people up and throwing them. Uh, But we don't actually see what the beast looks like. So the movie is one of these things where, is it because of budgetary restriction or because the anticipation of seeing the monster... You know, it's like, are we going to see it? Like, no, we're going to hint around it. We're going to see the shadow. We're going to see a hand. We're not actually going to see what the actual thing looks like, even though, like, I appreciate that, right? From a filmmaking perspective, if that's what you're going to do, I got it. But from a sure. marketing perspective, uh, the the werewolf is all over the poster, right? So, you know, right. going into this movie, what the thing looks like. And so then you're waiting to like, when am I actually going to see it? <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> Yeah, and this is only an hour and a half movie, and it's an hour before we get to see the first hint of the werewolf, and like an hour twenty before we get to that like final run through the city.
1: Well, I actually uh, hit the little uh, uh, the timer button to find out like when Oliver Reed, the supposed star of the movie, shows up at forty eight minutes in, right, <laughs> <laughs> and. I mean, it but the, the Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro didn't give you a werewolf until uh, he didn't turn into a, That was like an hour into that movie also. So, I mean, there is a history of like they try to, you know, but again, in, in the publicity materials for that, they gave out what the thing looked like, uh, you know, like a year before the movie came out. And actually, I think the Wolfman, the Benicio Del Toro one does have some, um, you know, um, debt to this movie and its design. Of the werewolf with the, you know, bare chested uh, fur, you know, coming out and the white shirt and all that. It's a kind of a... Mm. Yeah. That
3: movie had a lot of, like, tension building to that moment, too. Um, whereas this one, I was like... It, it's like they forgot this was a werewolf movie for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a melodrama Hammer movie. Yeah. That's got mm-hmm. a werewolf at the end of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because it's... Uh... It's the, well, I kind of like, yeah, I have, yeah, but I have a theory. <laughs> and again, I, I get it. You're saying like, well, I came for a werewolf movie and, and where's my werewolf? Uh, but it seems to me, you know, watching it this time, I'm like, who is the central protagonist of the movie? Who's the main character in the movie? Maybe the father. See, I'm, I'm going with it's the dad. Not only because yeah. Clifford Evans gets top billing, because he was probably a bigger star. That's what I thought the first time. But it's narrated by him. He's the character who shows up the entire way through it. Uh, it's Very basically true. him, right? I mean, that's the thing that he has taken in this kid who has uh, well, the wild streak or whatever. And so he can foretell what the kid's future is going to be. And it's up to him to love the kid, you know, to try and keep him from uh, wolfing out. You know, and then it's like, is he going to be able to accomplish this? And you know, usually these movies have some kind of back. Back in this era, anyway, do the thing where you know a werewolf can only be killed by someone who loves him. And you're like, well, is it going to be uh, the girl? Uh, it ends up being the father, right? The father has right. to be the one to go and get the uh, the silver bullet uh, to actually kill the guy at the end. After he has a rampage, uh, nobody believes him. He's going to turn into a werewolf, but he does. They catch him for the murders. you right. And uh, yeah. he does turn into a werewolf, finally, in the jail scene. What do we think about this scene? Because there's a little bit of a transformation that happens there. Not much, but a little bit. What do you think of it?
0: Mm, hands. <laughs> hands that look like he he got wet hands and dipped them in just mowed grass. That's what it looked like to me.
3: <laughs> hands that, yeah, don't move at all.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And don't look proportionally right in size either.
1: It's like mm-hmm. instead of taking, you know, Oliver Reed's hands and having him, uh, you know, like sit in makeup while they applied it over the series of yeah. hours and took the exposures, they just made, they sculpted hands and apply hair to them. And it's a lap design. feels like it. Yeah. hmm Yeah. It was weird. Which is unfortunate because I think the werewolf itself, uh, I, I kind of dig this look. Um, yeah, he looks good. Like he's a good looking werewolf. They don't go
0: for the, they don't go for the <laughs> snout. You know, I mean he's a good looking man, but he's a good looking I werewolf mean he's too. a good looking
2: werewolf. It's not usually my type, but he's a good looking werewolf.
0: <laughs> right. Usually they're a little too wolfy for me, but I like
1: it. Well he still has like a semblance of a face, right? It's like underneath this like I think they, they widened his nostrils, maybe, but they didn't give him the, the dog nose, which a lot of werewolf no. movies do, right? They did not, and then they gave him the, obviously the eyebrow and the hair piece, and he's got two ears that are sticking up, which I think is the first time that you see that in a movie. You know, kind of the dog ears. Um, he's silver maned which yes. is also like a, okay. If you're going to do this in color for the first time, I, I just always assume that Lon Chaney Jr. had like you know brown hair.
0: You know, yeah, it's usually darker. This is uh, this is different in that it's like he's a he's silver haired.
1: Yeah, he's a silver fox. Which is uh, so the Monster Squad's werewolf that Michael is talking about. Complimenting this man's look.
2: (laughs) I was like, you're just you're just digging it deeper.
1: (laughs) Well, the the so well, I guess the 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 werewolf in this movie was designed by a guy guy named uh, Roy Ashton. Uh, Roy Ashton also did a bunch of other Hammer movies, including uh, he did The Mummy. Made up uh, Christopher Lee as the Mummy. Uh, he did the reptile and the Gorgon. Uh, he went over and worked for the other, uh, British, uh, horror studio, which was amicus films. You can always know an amicus movie also stars Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, but, uh, they're usually anthology movies like tales from the crypt was, uh, an amicus movie and from beyond the grave, which we did on the show. We did both of those on the show. Um, but eventually in the grave where, where, uh, Peter Cushing's the old man. You know, runs the store. Uh, owns, runs you the, the antique store, Or the
0: antique store, yeah. Yeah, okay, antique I remember. Store, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an amicus. Uh, amicus. So, I mm-hmm. mean, okay. amicus was different than Hammer. The amicus was run by two American guys, uh, but it was a British studio. And they kept on poaching Hammer talent, you know, their stars. But I think, I don't think Donald Pleasance ever did a Hammer movie, but he did several of the uh, the amicus films. And I think he was like the next edition to the horror lineup of uh, like mm. Cushing and Lee. And then you had like Donald Pleasance, you know, and in America, AIP, American international pictures had uh, Vincent Price. You know, that was what was going on in the 60s. Sorry. This is where we where were at in time when these are happening, but uh, Donald
0: Pleasance is a good addition to all that.
1: Yeah. Right. And I don't yeah. think he was ever in like the team ups whenever they would do the things like, uh, what was it? The, the, not the midnight hour, the house of the long shadows where it got, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and John Carradine and who was the other guy I can't remember now but they brought them all together and uh, Basil Rathbone maybe I think it was somebody uh, who was like <laughs> and they put them all in that a dark house yeah I apparently it's not has <laughs> well, Desi Arnaz Jr. Donald yeah that's right <laughs> really yeah um so uh Anyway, Ashton, Roy Ashton, uh, eventually he went to work on, uh, he was on Star Wars, um, and I believe that um, Rick, or not, um, not Rick Baker, um, oh God, I'm totally drawing a blank, The Exorcist, Dick Smith, Dick Smith thank you very much, uh, had actually called him. Uh, for uh, some advice on making up Dustin Hoffman to look like an old man and a little big man. So, you know, call back to Roy Ashton. So, I mean, his I, I think his werewolf in this is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> or wolf man. Wolf man, not a werewolf. Although it's a curse of the werewolf, sure. right?
3: It looks cool, but, like, you don't even get enough time to really take it all in. Right,
1: they always cut away. Like when you see it, I don't know if they're trying to do like a shock thing or something. Like at one point you like you see him in kind of out of focus, he moves into focus and then he snarls and moves out of focus again. And like attacks the camera. Um, yeah. you do see a little, there is one shot of Oliver Reed, like mid transformation, I think after the hands, right. Where he's in this jail cell and he transforms. Um, you get to yeah. see he's got contacts in or like, you know, his forehead's all bulged out or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But then the the werewolf does go on a rampage. Is it a rampage through the town? I mean, he's just kind of yeah. running around. Yeah, he does a few mm-hmm. things. He knocks some stuff
0: over. It's basically like <laughs> it's like an Avengers Endgame where Hulk is uh, where Smart Hulk is pretending to be the other Hulk, and he's just kind of going through and rampage. And he's like, "Uh." <laughs> <laughs> you really got Avengers in the brain today, don't you? Yeah, apparently.
1: <laughs> Specifically, kind of like that.
0: But he, he and he does uh, he doesn't. They almost burn some motherfuckers. I'll give him that.
1: What are you talking about?
0: Well, I mean, they uh, one of the there's a, a crowd with you know torches and pitchforks following him through the town, and he climbs up into a, a hay loft, and they throw a, a torch up there, lights the hay a hay bundle on fire, and then he flips that shit down to the crowd, and it bounces into like five people. <laughs> Surprise! No one was burned severely. For all we know, they were. I don't know, but uh, it was a very close. A uh, uh, close stunt and i put
1: quotations around that don't you miss <laughs> the era of like danger and stunts i love this stuff i right. mean i don't want, i don't wish harm on anybody
0: <laughs> right no but that's fun Like we've <laughs> talked about how we've seen stunts in movies we like well that guy died
1: yeah mm-hmm. the road warrior uh, it does
0: make it exciting
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah or metal storm when that yeah um yes one of the, the guy, greatest yeah, uh, that guy's dead uh, what's the greatest fire stunt that you've ever seen sean there's oh, a the scene in like- another world.
0: Yeah. Well, you can add that to the list of fucking dangerous looking fire scenes because they're just throwing gasoline everywhere. It's nuts. If you haven't seen it, find that scene where they light everything on fire. Um people were definitely injured in that.
1: Yeah, because there's like a guy with a mattress, like he's holding a mattress up, yeah. right behind a door, and they yes. they throw this flaming like <laughs> you know, just, they throw fire at him. And you're like, oh my god! And this set has like low ceilings and all that. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Curse yeah, of the Werewolf, and yeah, it doesn't get that <laughs> that nuts, but it was like, whoa! Somebody felt a little bit of heat on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the werewolf this ends up
3: scene with the werewolf running around. Just it made me feel like. Um, Like I was watching, like Quasimodo run through Paris to get to Notre Dame. I was like,
2: same thing. Yeah, "Yeah."
3: like I've seen this before, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. It really does have echoes of that because he, uh, for some reason, I was actually thinking about that. Like, like everybody always runs up; they climb up. The werewolf, you know, uh, a creature that you don't usually expect to be like, you know, uh, scaling the sides of buildings and stuff like that, ends up, you know, always going for higher ground, which uh, ends up where it, it, it pins him. You know, you can't, there's nowhere mm-hmm. left to go. You got villagers at the bottom. You come down, they get you. You know, where are you going to go? But I think it's just an instinct. You want to get away from something, so you want to get up high and above it. And then right. it ultimately, uh, then you're stuck.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, now everything, when they're doing these monster movies is CG, so it's them running across multiple rooftops to get away. And, like, that's why they go mm-hmm. up now, because they can do that. It happened in The Wolfman, right? Benicio Del Toro's. Yeah. He's up on roofs yeah. running around. Yeah, that happened in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it happens in Van Helsing, and then then they just swing. Van Helsing is a yeah. movie. They swing from. Uh, they're like apparently the the ropes are tied on clouds or something. I don't know. They lassoed the moon or something. I don't know what the hell they're <laughs> just swinging from. Something you're like, wait, what's up there? Isn't it the sky? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, uh, birds. They're just lassoing birds. Yeah. Well, unfortunately. Uh Hammer did not make... This was Hammer's one and only uh, werewolf movie. Um, mm-hmm. Surprising, because like I said, even The Mummy, uh, they didn't actually make a sequel to The Mummy, but they made three other Mummy movies that are unrelated. Um, and they made, I think, you know, if you go back through their filmography, you're mostly going to find vampire movies, because in addition to the Dracula movies, they also had um, the Karnstein movies, movies which started with uh, vampire lovers and that was kind of a like its own three um episode you know they're related by the family and then captain Kronos kind of becomes like a fourth uh, unofficial entry in that by one line of dialogue that ties that back in so lots of vampires uh lots of frankensteins um only one werewolf unfortunately um yeah And then, uh, yeah, the company eventually kept on making uh, vampire movies until it was not in vogue anymore. Uh, They were doing them still in the 70s. Obviously, we saw Dracula 1972, which, you know... At that point in time, you're two years away from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the you know The Exorcist is out the following year. Uh, you know Rosemary's Baby, The Omen, and uh, they just couldn't compete. And uh, they eventually started just throwing anything that w- might work, which ended up uh, taking them to the Far East, where we did The uh, uh, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires on this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have to check and see if Michael Ripper was in that one. Maybe he's on his way <laughs> to the <Maybe>. wall of <laughs> fame. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, they folded, uh, I believe, To the Devil, A Daughter with Christopher Lee uh, was their final movie. That or The Lady Vanishes. Let's say it was To the Devil, A Daughter with Natasha Kinsky. You guys were asking, it was last week, We were we talking about Klaus Kinski? You know him as the dad of Natasha. Yeah. Okay. There
0: oh go. yeah, we did talk about Klaus Kinsey. Yeah, the weird looking dude.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um. And then Hammer came back. Hammer is back now, kind of, sort of. They just what came did, out what with what did the they lodge. just do? The Lodge. I think was theirs. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they came back with like "Let Me In," which, unfortunately, is a good movie that nobody saw. Um. Then they did That's a couple good. of like uh, the the quiet ones, which wasn't going. Like, oh, but the Woman in Black was like a huge hit and kind of re uh, gave them some money. Which that they blew on yeah. <laughs> then they Well so does the lot,
0: so they're not doing very well.
1: Yeah. Uh Winchester was supposed to be one of theirs, but somehow they lost that. Oh, I boy. remember yeah, that wasn't good. And well, uh but I, I these movies that they are making it like they do kind of feel like hammer movies. You know, like okay, I could see that company still doing this. But the Quiet Ones wasn't good. Women in Black Two was bad. Um, so I think the best movie is probably let me in and everybody just defaults back to let the right one in or the original. And so, uh,
3: let me in is worth a watch though. It's actually really good. It's good. I like Mm -hmm. "Let
0: Me In."
1: Yeah. 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 I liked it a lot too. Do I like it better than the first one? I don't know. They both have good points too. They do. I don't know. All right. Well, listener, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go around the room. We're going to tell you if you should check out Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, But before we do that, we're going to have to answer some of your mail. We love to hear from you. And to do that, we're going to need the assistance of our mailman. His name, ironically, Igor. Bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Oh, thank you, Igor. Thanks, Igor. He's looking, He's hairy looking a little furry today. furry today. Yeah,
0: right. He needs.
1: He's got the, that. It's quarantine. He hasn't been
0: things. able to get a haircut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's got that very pronounced brow. He is also always yeah. sweating. He could be a, a werewolf. Sweating, dripping, something.
3: Sweating, oozing.
1: Yeah. Well, we want to tell you folks how you can join the Freak Show family. All you got to do is follow along on Facebook.
3: Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show.
1: On Twitter. At Sat Freak Show. By email.
2: Saturday Night Freak Show. Yahoo.com.
1: Or on Instagram at Saturday Night Freak Show. Tanya Taylor writes in about Curse of the Werewolf. She says, I love this movie. I'm a big Hammer fan and I love Oliver Reed. It's not my favorite werewolf movie, but it's worth a watch. All right. Yeah. Connor Knee writes in and says, it's not a bad show for those days. They have the aristocracy bang on. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Nelson (laughs) Nascimento writes in and says, Oliver Reed could quite possibly be a werewolf in this one. A bit of a slow start, but the great second half and some interesting twists on the mythos. I wish Hammer would have made more werewolf films.
0: I wish they would have tried a little harder. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more. Um, Mm Yeah.
1: Well, B-Movie Poster Vault writes in. He says he watched this a year or so back as part of his Saturday Night Cinema crew picked up the Hammer Horror Blu-ray set. That's right. It just came out from Shout Factory. They're re-releasing all these movies that Universal Pictures actually already put out on on Blu-ray in a set. Um, Mm -hmm. But he says, I remember enjoying it quite a bit. And uh, while thinking that the casting, legendary booze hound Oliver Reed meant it'd be the only werewolf you could defeat with a silver hip flask. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, About last week's episode, we watched a movie called Serenity. Okay, so this is the Curse of the Werewolf episode, so we're not going to spoil Serenity. Uh, You have to go back and and watch that uh, or listen to our episode. Grant Parrish writes in and says, I watched this before the Saturday Night Freak Show episode aired. I have got to start waiting for the recommendation. Considering the contest and the <laughs> twist, it's really weird that Matthew McConaughey has so many sex scenes in this movie, I'm not sure their screenwriters thought through the Oedipal ramifications of that.
3: So I'm saying, man. That's the most twisted mm-hmm. part of that movie. Agreed.
1: <laughs> Very twisted. Uh, Leamy72 says, Was it me or was the first half of it hard to understand what they were saying like another language or mumbling? Yeah, there's. Yeah, it wasn't good. What are we saying? Sound quality or just dialogue? What are we talking? I don't know. About? It,
3: Anne Hathaway's delivery it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the week before that, we watched a movie called Bad Taste um, from Peter Jackson. Ryan Handsome Jansen writes in and says, "Brain Dead," known to us here stateside as Dead Alive, uses slapstick violence perfectly. Uh, he made a really excellent trilogy with his first three films. That would be, of course, uh, Bad Taste, uh, Meet the Feebles, and uh, Alive. We were talking on that show about uh, Mm -hmm. the using extreme gore as slapstick, splatstick comedy. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm.
3: So we need to do Meet the Feebles
2: now to complete the trilogy.
1: Boom. There you go. I don't know if I've ever seen that (laughs) the whole way through. Yeah. I have not seen it. At all.
2: Someday. We'll get to it.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, The week before that, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, we watched The Relic. Uh, Richard Pulfer writes in and says, I'm a big fan of the Aloysius Pendergrass novels by Douglas Preston, but I have mixed feelings about his absence from the flick. He's basically Sherlock mm. Holmes, and I'm not sure he could have saved the movie beyond dropping some exposition here and there. Mm. Probably right. you got to go back and listen yeah. to our Relic episode. Yeah, apparently they <laughs> left out a major character from the novel who has... On off a series of, uh, of books. All right. Uh, so now we're going to go around the room tell you what we thought of Curse of the Werewolf, starting with...
2: Sean, what did you think of Curse of the Werewolf?
1: Uh, Curse of the Werewolf. All right. So
0: pros of this movie. Um, I like the monster. Uh, I think the look is cool. Uh, I wish we'd gotten more of it. Um, I like... I like Oliver Reed as an actor I mean he's kind of just uh, he's he's very he's very expressive he's very sweaty um, but it works for him in this movie um, any other pluses to this um, uh, it's it's pretty much your basic like your hammer actors throughout the movie and not say that's bad but it's exactly what you know, you get in these movies Um, cons of this movie. um, It is a melodrama and I was not expecting that. Um, There is not enough werewolf in this movie for me. Um, There's nothing necessarily wrong with the movie. It's just not, it's not what I was expecting, but what I got is it's not enough for me to go back to. Like I could just watch this last 10 minutes of, of uh, the werewolf running amok on YouTube and be fine. I really don't need the rest of this movie. Um, I think it's been done better. I would like I wish Hammer had done more of these because uh, I think they really could have done something cool with them based on how what they did with, you know, uh, Dracula and Frankenstein. Um, but they didn't do enough in this one for me. So I'm going to pass on uh, the curse of the werewolf. Holly, what do you think?
2: Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I like the design of the monster. Um, I think it's it's pretty solid, especially for the time. Um, but I, I'm going to disagree that there's that you say there's nothing wrong with the movie. I think there's plenty wrong with the movie, starting with it was very boring. It, it was uh, the the story is just I mean, it's fairly predictable you know what you're getting going into a werewolf movie i'll give you that but they're trying to like take the emotional angle on it and given that i really made no emotional attachment to the, any character in this movie it doesn't work you know like i like you're right it's a melodrama but we don't really connect with the characters it's like watching a soap opera you don't really give a shit about them but you're just invested you're not invested in this Um, it just, it just didn't work. You, you wait a really long time to see the werewolf. Um, and you know, I know we've debated before, like, is it better to see the monster right away or is it better to have like a, to have an extended period where you don't see it, you know, is it better to show it less? But in this case, like we just, it took too long and we didn't get enough of it. I think we needed more of the, the monster to make it worthwhile at all. Um, Yeah. They're just, I I wasn't really invested in in this movie. It was was, the good stuff came too late and it wasn't enough to to keep me interested. Um, So I'm going to say that you could probably pass on curse of the werewolf. Yeah. Michaela. Yeah. I think that,
3: you know, you're expecting certain boxes to be checked when you go into a a movie with werewolf in the title uh, Curse of the Werewolf is a really cool title, but like that yeah. hypes up something much more than what this delivered for me. Um, it doesn't really check it many of the like werewolf movie boxes. I don't think at all. You don't get a transformation. You really don't even get any cool kills or anything. It's it's a really tame, really mild werewolf movie. And I mean, I guess if you're a completionist, maybe watch it. But it's like. I can see why they didn't make any more. I can't imagine this one was hugely successful for them, but, um, it, yeah, it just doesn't deliver on anything I would, I want to see in a werewolf movie. The look is cool, but it's the end of the movie and that's, it, it's it been such a drama for so long about like aristocracy and like peasants versus the rich, you know, that I'm just like, cool, but not in this movie. Like, you <laughs> yeah. Know. Um, so I'm going to pass on curse of the werewolf too, Colin
0: uh Michaela you were uh you were talking about a werewolf and a cat tail went up behind you and it kind I of know. freaked me out a little bit I'm like what's like, going on
3: like the one time my cat <laughs> decides to come sit with me is like when I'm trying to talk for a significant amount of time of course yeah
1: a little freaked out okay this is your mama um yeah, I don't know. I uh, uh, As far as, like, uh, just, you know, I'm a, I'm a big werewolf movie fan, I guess. Uh, is the werewolf my favorite of the classic monsters? Maybe. I think the Wolfman obviously is of the Dracula Frankenstein uh, mummy um, group. Uh, so I think, you know, when I look back, like, I was never really a big fan of um, uh, werewolf of London, which I guess technically is the first universal movie. Um, werewolf movie i really like the wolfman in 41 and you know it's cool to see lon chaney jr do that but he did it like five times he was the only uh hammer um or sorry universal player to be the same all he always was the wolfman nobody else played him for universal um so then when hammer comes along it's like this is um I like the way that it tweaks the mythology. I guess that's the structure of this movie to me was a plus, you know, the idea that it kind of is like this. Uh, well, not so much, but I guess multi-generational story, you know, which follows the inception of this curse. And then you watch the curse, how it plays out. And then there's a kid and the kid's born with this. And so what's going to happen to the kid? And eventually the kid's going to turn into a werewolf and go berserk. And how are we going to, you know, um so, I don't know. That to me was like really compelling. And, uh, you know, so I like that storyline. Uh, I like the uniqueness of setting a, a werewolf movie in Spain because, you know, it's like, okay, Spanish werewolves. Although, uh, okay, so. <laughs> they have
0: little they have little mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> they speak in an accent, they
1: well, growl in an I, accent. Yeah, but I shouldn't make fun of it because uh, speaking of Spain, right, I think the guy who takes the record probably for playing the same werewolf character the most is a guy named Paul Nashie. Who was an actor from Spain. His real name is Jacinto Molina, and he was a werewolf called Waldemar Daninsky, a doomed Polish, uh, was he a count? Not sure if he was a count, but uh, thir- I think 13 movies. Uh, he played, beginning Damn. with Frankenstein's Bloody Terror in the late 60s all the way through uh, some Japanese thing that he did in like the mid-80s. Uh, so, and he's, you know, Wolfman, like he wanted to be Lon Chaney Jr., I think. So in 1980, like what, one or three, 81, 83, can't remember when Night of the Werewolf was made, he's still doing the lap dissolve. When you know everybody else is doing the, you know now we've got you know rubber prosthetics that can stretch faces and do all this other stuff. Uh, so in the in the history of werewolf movies, uh, I really like Curse of the Werewolf because it's it's different than the other ones um you know the mythology is different it's got its own you know uh groove going on there uh i like the performances i mean oliver reed it's like okay you can see why this guy's going to be a star uh just based on his you know charisma or his screen presence i guess maybe you'd say uh the werewolf makeup is uh really cool we forgot to mention that at the end unlike other werewolf movies uh after he shot oh and that's the other thing too uh he has a squib he explodes he blows back. And he doesn't turn back. Yeah, but I don't think there were squibs, ah. like bloodshot squibs, in 1961, right? That's, no. like, really early and kind of graphic. Uh, but, yeah, he doesn't turn back. He dies as the beast, um, which uh, I think caused problems with the British censors. Michael was saying it was probably didn't do well for Hammer. It didn't, but that was because uh, on the British cut, deleted so much of the movie, it was like I don't know, several minutes Uh, like even at the end, you couldn't have the even the medium close-up of Oliver Reed lying there with the blood on him, they cut that out the the close-up on his face, they cut that out so you're kind of left with an almost incomprehensible movie, I guess is what uh, British audiences saw in 1961. It became, um, I think, a cult thing, you know, be- through its airings on TV and stuff like that. Um, and now I think it is kind of recognized as, like, you know, uh, one of the, the classic werewolf uh, movies. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, that you should check it out. Um, I guess that's the final word on Curse of the Werewolf. Next week, we're watching a movie that's chosen by.
2: John, what are we watching next week? And is it free?
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Yes,
0: it is. Um, <laughs> look, uh, we're in some crazy times right now, That's so true. I'm going to pull a crazy move, oh and boy. we are going to be doing a freak show rewind, and we are <laughs> going to be watching Spookies. <laughs>
3: I've never actually seen this.
0: I know.
1: I know. I know.
2: Colin
0: is speechless. Well, sorry, Colin.
1: We're going to have an off-mic conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So possibly spookies again Ah, next week. Or you can just go back and (laughs) listen to the old episode. All right. So that's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. And until then, the basement is going dark.